0: Hello everyone. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to thank all of you that have left ratings and reviews for the podcast. When I started the podcast, I wanted to help others that were like me, ready to make a change in their life but didn't know where to start. You are the reason that I want to keep providing information to help you figure out what the best food exercise plans are for you. I also want to help you accomplish your non-scale goals. There are several resources that I have available to help you with this. There's the 14-Day Get Started Guide that's available free at thegwenalexander.com. It helps you to know where to start and what steps to begin your journey. There are also available a food journal and the Believe in Achieve journal. The food journal gives you a way to track your food and also your exercise. It even includes a section for a daily motivational quote. And the Believe and Achieve journal will help you identify your food and exercise goals and your non scale goals and help you to make a plan to accomplish them. These are also available at thegwinalexander.com. You click on the menu and then you click on the online store. And we currently have merchandise available for losing weight to gain control. And these include t-shirts and mugs. So, get your resources and your merchandise to encourage you to start creating a life that you don't use food to escape from. Losing weight to gain control. Today's episode, Gaining Control of Your Health with Candace Rhodes. Welcome to today's episode of the Losing Weight to Gain Control podcast. This is Gwen Alexander, your host. And today we have a special guest with us. We have Candace Rhodes. And Candace is a scientist turned NSCA certified personal trainer. And she helps women lose weight by giving up dieting and endless hours of cardio in her Fire Method program. She makes the weight loss journey fun, sustainable, and effective through small habit changes to help women feel, look, and feel amazing in a body they love while eating their favorite foods, which I love that part. So, Candace, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Gwen. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, um, you know, we were talking before, and I can't wait for you to share with the listeners, you know, your story of how you went from a biochemist to a certified personal trainer, but just, you know, and also... Uh, how you help your how you help your clients to achieve their goals. So why don't we start by what led you to a point? Did you have um, like weight issues or health issues that you had wanted to take control of to just get better with?
1: Yeah, so I actually when I was in college, I was actually considered skinny fat. And so that term is basically means that If you're looking at somebody with their clothes on, you would not call them fat. But if I took my shirt off, I looked in the mirror, I had a belly, I was like soft in all these places and I was in college. And so I really didn't feel confident about my body. I was looking through magazines at the supermarket, like InShape and Oxygen magazine. And I was looking at these women with these beautiful defined arms and they looked so confident. And so that's how I started my journey into exercising and also dabbling into lifting weights.
0: Did you ever have, I know you said you were what what they call skinny fat, but did you ever have your family ever say anything about your weight or the way you look? Cause you know, I, I had that with some of my family members. I know they were, they meant well, but sometimes it hurt. Yeah. So because I have an Asian background, um,
1: and I'm Chinese, My family and our values, we valued women who were skinny. So it doesn't matter whether they were a healthy kind of skinny or they were unhealthy kind of skinny, right? They just wanted the ideal typical body is just skinny, real thin skinny. And so my parents, they thought I was like skinny, but I just didn't like the way I looked. I didn't feel strong. I didn't feel like I owned who I was. And I didn't feel very confident, which is why I kind of veered into weightlifting. So it was just my, my own personal opinion and my personal journey versus like my family saying something or my peers saying something. It was just my own, for my own self.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that about the, the cultural aspect, because I'm, I'm an African-American woman if no one's ever seen my picture. But it seems that when I was growing up, we were a little more full-figured you know it was considered that if you were really skinny then something was kind of wrong with you but it seemed like society had the you know well you have to be skinny in order to be what was considered attractive and i i I'm, i think we've shifted a little bit do you think that we've kind of started getting to not so much focus on skinny but you know look healthy type thing do you think we're getting there or- yeah, no, because I believe we all have different body shapes. We all come from different
1: backgrounds. We have different genetics, and healthy looks different on everybody. There's not one way to look healthy. It's not the the person who's skinny uh, is the person who's healthy and the person who is not isn't. It's just like we all come from a different background. We all have different genetics. The weight distribution looks different on everybody, and healthy looks different on everybody, right? So what, in my opinion, And this is what I teach a lot of my female clients. And I tell them to kind of help kind of remove their association with what they consider healthy is, is uh, the number on the scale. So a lot of women are like, yeah, I want to lose X pounds and I'm not going to be happy till I lose this many pounds. And I'm just like, but the scale doesn't tell you what's going on on the inside, right? When you're doing the body fat measurement, that's kind of what counts in my kind of professional opinion in my area of expertise, is that you could be somebody who has a considered an obese, obese BMI, but you, if you get your body fat measured, you could be full of muscle, and you would be considered healthy versus somebody who just looks typically skinny could have a very high body fat, which was in my case, I had obesive levels of body fat. And although I looked skinny on the outside, I was actually unhealthy on the inside.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So healthy looks very different for each body type. Everybody genetically carries weight a little bit differently. And the scale, the number on the scale doesn't tell the whole story.
0: Yeah, one of the things I've talked about over the years is, you know, measuring how your clothes fit. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's different when you don't just concentrate on the number on the scale. Like you said, it doesn't tell the full story. I think many times, like you, you need it to kind of guide you, but um, it just seems to motivate me more when I noticed other things. Like when I had lost the weight, I could tell when I walked, my hands didn't hit my hips anymore because my hips were getting smaller. So, you know, when I was, walking and I actually stopped and started laughing. I'm sure everybody was wondering what's wrong with her, but that, that was a milestone for me that I was like, oh, I could walk down into my hands, just kind of, you know, fall to the side of my body.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. There are so, there's so many different ways to measure besides the scale, besides the measuring tape, right? A lot of times you could reach your weight goal and reach your weight body fat, but you just simply, you don't feel good. You know, you don't, you don't feel healthy. Right. And so it's kind of a, a balance between, Hey, yeah, you would like to reach that certain weight, but what happens if, you know, you keep the same weight, but you feel a lot stronger, your posture is better. You feel more confident in carrying yourself down the street. Right. Doesn't those changes count as well. It's not just the number on the scale, because a lot of women are just like, Oh my gosh, I, you know, I've been exercising consistently. And the number hasn't changed and they're depressed. They feel unmotivated. And I'm just like, what about other areas in your life? Do you feel more energy? Do you feel stronger? Your clothes fit better, even though the number on the scale hasn't changed? Like those are different measurements of progress.
0: And yeah, can you lift more weights than you used to be able to, you know, if you're weight yes. training, that that's yes. one way I've gauged too. Like I could put more plates on when I'm doing a squat. I'm like, yay, you know, yes. getting there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, you know, like I said before, you, you were a you went to school for biochemistry. So what led you from biochemistry to become a certified personal trainer? What was that switch for you? Yeah. So
1: I've worked in, in biotech for about 10 years.
0: Um, And it
1: hit me one day when I was just Googling some stats and they were saying about like 85 or 80, 80, 85% of the money that biotech pharmaceutical industry makes is off of drugs for uh, lifestyle-caused type of diseases. So cholesterol, your high blood pressure, diabetes, like the medication that you will be taking for the long-term, that's where they make majority of their money. And so I left the biotech industry because I didn't believe in the one pill fix. I believed in taking control of your health So, that you will never need to rely on medication in the future, right? Eating better, exercising, the mindset, all of those things are within your control. And then just taking back control of your health can help to prevent any sort of diseases that may happen. If you have like a history, a family history of like diabetes, high blood pressure, all that stuff can be prevented and it is within your control. So, I left biotech because I wanted to empower women and show women, hey, you know, you don't have to diet to get to those places. You don't have to diet to reach a certain weight. There are many different ways for you to reach your weight loss goal that will fit you and your lifestyle and that will be sustainable, right? You don't have to follow the strict diet that the marketing and the big industry pushes at you. There's many different ways to do that. And so I turned into a personal trainer because I wanted to empower women and also educate and show women that there are many solutions to help you to get to the goal that you're looking for.
0: Yeah, I think that's, and this is just my opinion. We look for that one fix, but like you said, we're all different. You, uh, the low carb thing might work for one person, but for another person, maybe that's not the best fit, depending on, like you said, if they have certain health issues that may be running in their family. But sometimes it gets so frustrating when you're trying to find the one food plan that's good for you. you. You probably have to go through five, 10 of them before you figure out, oh, this is the one that fits for me. And then, you know, as you said, as women, we hit certain ages where our body's like, we want to do something different. All right, <laughs> wants to do something yeah. different. So you have to change things up a little bit. You might have to be a little more strict than you were maybe in your 20s or even your early 30s. So, I mean, that's one of the things is trying to find what, what can adjust with your life. Do you uh, work with your clients with that? Because, you know, they, you might, they might have a point where they don't have a family, but, but then they have kids and, or, you know, they get married and that changes everything. Your time is gone. Is that one of the things that you uh, uh, help your clients with?
1: Yeah. So I work with, Uh, female clients from many different backgrounds, whether they're they're single, married, kids, menopause clients, they all have, they all have this goal to lose weight. And most of all my clients have tried at least three to five different types of dieting. And one thing I wanted to kind of mention about dieting is that dieting kind of creates this habit failure loop where, you know, if I'm somebody and I started dieting, it's like, you know, I'm Chinese. I love to eat my rice. And I'm like, well, okay, maybe I'll try the, you know, the no-carb diet, right? And then it's like, it's super strict. You must cut out all your carbs. And then the diet maybe lasts for like six to eight weeks. But sometimes like you quit diets in the middle of it because one, it's too restrictive, two, it doesn't fit your lifestyle. And then at the end you quit and you don't get the results that the diet's promising. Then you think, oh my gosh, it's my fault. I don't deserve these results and I'm not worthy of them. And then you hop on another diet, which then reinforces the same failure cycle because it's too restrictive. It doesn't fit your lifestyle. And then you don't get those results again. You're like, Oh my God, it must be me. When in reality, it's like, you're trying to mold yourself uh, for a strict diet. That's just unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm working with my clients, we take that diet mindset and like throw it in the trash. Like I don't recommend any diets. Thank you. Because all of my clients. Yeah. Cause all my clients get results, but the key is to figuring out what works for you. What actually makes you eating the foods Like what makes you feel good? What does your body respond to? Like taking that time to figure it out. Because when they started diets, all they did was follow a plan that was like a one size fit all. And then they think there's something wrong with them because they weren't getting the results. And it's like, no, there is nothing wrong with you. You were just trying a plan that just didn't work for you.
0: Yeah, I have a friend that, well, this is actually a guy and we were talking the other day. And he's trying to, you know, eat better and start exercising more. And he told me how many calories he's eating. I said, where'd you get that number from? He said, "Well, that's you know a number that I was kind of told." I said, "You're not eating enough for for especially for his size. I mean, he's a taller guy. He's he's bigger." Um, I said, "You actually probably need more food." And then we started talking about like your basal me- metabolic rate, your and you know your resting your metabolic rate. And I thought you had heard of it before, but he said, "No, I never heard of that. What is that?" I was like, "Oh, okay." So we started talking, and he and I asked him. I said, "Well, how do you feel eat, eating fifteen hundred calories?" He said, I don't feel too good. <laughs> I was like well yeah I probably wouldn't either but I told them don't start eating a bunch of hamburgers but I said you could probably eat a little more than 1500 calories yeah yeah so that diet mentality is out there yeah
1: I think that's for a lot of women that calorie number is 1200 and like you know what nobody eats 1200 unless you're a teenager or maybe you're under 100 pounds like If you're eating 1200 calories and trying to lose weight, you need to bump it up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you're active, because I'm sure that even if they're eating 1200 calories, they're probably exercising more, you know, trying to be more active. So your body's actually, I think, running on E pretty much. It's empty. It it, it needs something. Sometimes we fuel it too much. But in those situations, I think we're not probably fueling enough. Yeah. And that's another thing too, where you don't realize that when
1: you do eat too few calories, your body automatically ramps down its own metabolism so that you could exercise all you want, but you're never burning that many calories because you're not, you're not fueling your body, right? Your body is built to survive and it's built to adapt. And it's like, it doesn't know that you're trying to lose fat or you're trying to lose weight. It's just trying to keep you alive. And if you're eating too few calories, you end up burning like no calories when you are working out.
0: Okay. Um, I never thought about it that way. I'm going to tell him that when I see him next time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about your your program, the FIRE method, F-I-R-E. Can you share with the listeners what you would like to tell them? You don't have to go into a lot of detail about it if you don't want to, but just give us kind of an overview of what your program is. Yeah. So the FIRE method is an acronym
1: that I created for my program, which encompasses FUEL, which is F, IGNITE, which is about strength training, REDEFINE, which is about mindset, and then EMERGE, which is the final result. So I noticed that a lot of women, when they came to me, they've tried dieting, they've tried the workouts. And the first thing I want to address with them is their nutrition, right? Like figuring out like you mentioned, calories are super important. If you're not eating the right amount, you're not going to see the results. And then, two, also kind of removing the diet mindset, right? You don't have to cut everything out in order to see results. You deserve to eat your favorite foods at the same time, and you can get results at the same time, right? You deserve to enjoy your eating. And so, I help clients kind of ba- find that balance between yes, you're eating healthy, but then you're also enjoying your favorite foods at the same time. And then Ignite is about ramping up your metabolism. Um, What happens when women don't strength train is that starting from our 20s, we lose anywhere between five to seven pounds of muscle mass. And most of that, when we lead up to our 30s, our 40s and our 50s, we are more sedentary. And we are also burning fewer calories at rest. So we're losing muscle mass by the decade if we are not strength training, right? So I always tell my clients, you must lift weights. Lifting weights is an insurance policy against future weight gain because the more muscle mass you have on your frame, the, the more calories you're burning at rest just automatically. So Ignite is about strength training and then redefine is all about mindset, right? So what's the difference between people who reach their weight loss goal and maintain it versus people who throw in the towel and give up, right? So it's the difference between, hey, if I step on that scale and I'm doing this consistently and my weight hasn't changed, do you continue the journey or are you throwing in the towel, right? So what's the mindset shift and the mindset you need to make sure that you stay motivated in this weight loss journey? And then it also comes down to about your identity and also your values, which dictate your behaviors, which then give you a specific outcome as well. So we delve deeply into mindset, which then enables them to not only lose the weight, but sustain it as well. And then the last aspect of the FIRE method is called Emerge. And so that's when they get the results, they get the confidence, they believe in themselves to follow through because a lot of times it's like, oh, I'm I'm super motivated. I'm going to do this diet. I'm going to do this exercise plan. And they never get around to it. Or it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start dieting when I come back from my vacation or next Monday or after the holiday or after my birthday. And they never get around to it, right? So this last segment is about believing in yourself to follow through, having the confidence and feeling comfortable and confident in your body. Because it's not just about losing the weight and looking great in your clothes. But this confidence permeates into other areas of your life, right? Your relationships, your career kind of give you the confidence to ask for that promotion, maybe that pay raise, you know. So feeling good and confident in your own body is not just about looking good. It's about other a lot of other areas in your life
0: as well. Oh, I I love that you cover that. I think some plans don't they focus so much on the food and the exercise, they forget about the mindset or. They'll touch on the mindset a little bit, but they they won't really delve into it. I think it seems like today I had someone tell me when they saw me, I was dressed up a little more than I am now. And uh he said, uh, are you going somewhere? I was like, no, just wanted to look nice today. You know, and that was something I never would have done before. Yeah, I would just say, Oh, I'll just wear the t-shirt and the jeans and whatever. But um, no, I I actually this morning when I got dressed, I said, you know what? look your best today, just as you know, and then I, I did feel better. That was one of the aspects that I focused on also was, you know, dressing better for whatever size I was at at the moment, doing things, going out, like we were talking that we're both introverts before we started today. I, I made myself go out to different outings, meet new people. Uh, it, it, it just helped that confidence area, you know, and then it made me want to keep going. On my journey, not just because I wanted the number on the scale to move, but because I just wanted to feel better. You know, I was tired of feeling like like not good all the time. Do your clients deal with that? Where you know, do they come to you? And it's like I've just had this moment where I'm done. I don't want to do it like the industry is telling me to do it. I need to do something different right now.
1: Yeah, a lot of my clients, like I mentioned earlier, they've gone through many different diets. They've done mostly they, they're they doing the whole 30. They've done the keto. They've tried cutting out the sugar. And then they realize, you know, like, I can't go out to eat. What about my friends? What about happy hour? I can't like it just won't fit. And then so because they are on this diet, they have to kind of cancel all their outings with their friends or dinner or, you know, dinner at work. I mean, not so much in the pandemic, but prior to the pandemic. And then, you know, they they don't, they end up not having a social life, right? And when you're not seeing your friends and you're not conversing with other people, then they come home to an empty apartment or empty home. And it's like, well, now I got to eat my salad again. And (laughs) you know, watch my Netflix. And it's like a lonely kind of depressing state that they're in because they're following those diets. And so that's why I'm just like, there are many other ways and we're just going to quit your diet. And I'm going to work with you to show you how to feed your body so that you are happy and you can do takeout if you want Friday night, once in a while, you can go out to dinner with your friends and help you figure out like what to pick off the menu. And yes, you can totally have dessert if you want, right? So it's all about that, that balance. Like I said, you know, I love to eat. I have my favorite foods and I believe that everyone deserves to enjoy the way they eat and you can improve your nutrition and get to your weight loss goals while still eating your favorite foods.
0: Yeah. What's great about today is you can get on your phone or a computer and most places have like their menu already on there and even the nutrition information. So it it's like you could have your meal plan before you even get to whatever restaurant that you're going to. That That's what I started doing. Even some of the smaller uh, restaurants, you know, maybe not the big chain ones, even have the nutrition information on some of their menus or they'll have what they call like their, um, was it healthy, friendly meal types? You know, usually as steamed vegetables or, you know, like a grilled chicken or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's possible to do that. Uh, I saw on your one of your LinkedIn videos. I was watching some of your videos on there. And on one of them, you talked about stress eating. And you said to give yourself permission to stress eat. So can you explain to our listeners what you meant by giving yourself permission to stress eat?
1: Yeah. So giving your permission to stress eat is kind of thinking like, you know, they say, what is that? Like, don't think of a pink elephant. And then that's kind of like what pops in your mind. And so, the more you tell yourself that you're not allowing yourself to stress eat, or I'm never going to eat those potato chips, it's never going to happen. And that's all you're going to be focusing on. And you're going to give in, right? And so that's why I'm just like, it's okay. We're all human. And when you do stress eat, what's important is figuring out what led up to that point, right? Was it because you were procrastinating? Was it a work deadline that you you're just like putting off last minute was it because of a family obligation like what kind of led up to that buildup of that stress like get curious about it right don't just feel guilty and punish yourself and then call yourself all these negative names but after you're stressing you want to get curious like hey why why what led me up to this place what was the reason for it and once you understand the reasoning for it, then you're able to build a plan to prevent that. Right. So usually what I like for my clients to do is I kind of give them a little activity plan. Well, some, most of my clients are working from home and either they're in the kitchen or they're working on a table and looking at the kitchen. And so it's very tempting to be like, well, OK, I'm just I'm in between meetings. Let me go to the kitchen. Let's grab a snack or something like that. So most times it's the snacking that kind of gets in their way of losing that weight. And so what I'd like to have them do is like, hey, ask yourself, number one, are you actually hungry? Are you physically hungry? Or are you just emotionally hungry, right? Are you bored? Are you stressed? Are you anxious? Are you just frustrated? And you're just looking for a diversion, like figure that out first. And then two, make a list of activities that you're going to do before you resort to food. So if you are not hungry and you're just eating because you're bored, you're anxious, you're frustrated, go through a list of activities. So like, for example, like before you resort to food, number one, you're going to go take a 10 minute walk, or you're going to spend like five, 10 minutes, play with your dog, or maybe like do several rounds of sun salutation, right? Something to kind of distract you and go through that list of activities before you resort to eating that snack. Right. And then if you find out that it's like, you're going to go through your list and you're like, oh shoot, I still, I still want that bag of chips. Then, okay, you know what, go for it. But oftentimes it's not, we're snacking, not because we're hungry, but because we're just like, we're looking for a distraction. And so being able to distinguish that difference is often like a big key in helping them to lose that weight.
0: Yeah. um, That's something that I can relate to um, on that also. Cause one of the things I try to encourage people to do is set set a goal. uh, That's not weight. I call them your non scale goals. What's a non scale goal that you can set because it it was funny when I you know, we were talking about how long I've been podcasting. This was kind of my thing to help me what not to stress eat. So I was so focused on trying to start a podcast that guess what I would actually forget to eat because I was like, Oh, I got to get this done. I got to figure this out. And but I enjoyed (laughs) it. It was it was something fun. So I didn't realize how the time was passing by. And, and, and so it gave me something else besides the number on the scale to focus on. So that was something I always, you know, that for me, it seemed to help, which I didn't realize what I was doing at that time. But uh, so now I even do that, like when I feel like, oh, I want to start eating because I'm you know worried about something. It's not podcasting. Now I might have something else I'm working on that I get lost in. But it, it's just so amazing when you distract yourself was something positive, you know, trying to get something positive that the food cravings just seem to go away,
1: yeah, and it's oftentimes it's it's you're not hungry, you're just hey, you're just maybe you you just need a distraction or you're bored with what you're doing, and you need a little break, you know,
0: yeah, now, one thing that I remember I was like I, said, I was kind of stalking you on LinkedIn and some of your your videos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you said we were talking about the food plans, you know, not the low carb or the low calorie what are some things that you with your clients that you might ask them to see what kind of food plan may fit best for them? I mean, do you look at their finances of you know, what can you, what can they afford to buy right now? Uh, what do they have access to? Because, you know, not everybody has access to certain foods that might be better for them. What kind of questions do you ask them in that way to help them develop their food plan?
1: Yeah, so some of the questions I ask is, I'm curious about what kind of diets that they've been on, and why did they choose those specific diets. It kind of shows me like they what they're willing to kind of give up. right? If they've tried the whole thirty, then they've probably given up a lot of different things, right? The sugar, the processed food, the dairy, the um the lentils and the beans, gluten- free, all of that. But I'm also one thing I'm also curious about is what makes them feel full? Are they more kind of a carb person or are they more of a fat person? Some people feel fuller when they're including fats in every meal. Some people, like myself, I prefer carbs. If I'm just eating just protein and I have no carbs, I get hungry pretty fast. So some people just have a preference for that. And usually, in determining kind of what's the right food plan for them, I'm a very habit based coach. So I give them habits to practice on. And during our weekly coaching sessions, I kind of guide them in helping them figure out, okay, so usually like one of the habits I have them practice is always eating more protein or protein is super important for a number of reasons, especially if you're losing weight, because protein helps to keep you full. If you're strength training, it helps to retain and also build muscle mass as well. It slows down your digestion, especially when you are reducing your caloric intake. One of the things uh, that causes people to quit their diet is hunger. They don't I mean hunger is very uncomfortable for a lot of people, but if you add protein to their diet, you kind of prolong that period of when they're full and satisfied. And so, I work with them. I'm like, hey, you know, let's start with this habit of of eating protein. And what I give them is like worksheets and some guides, like how can we incorporate protein into your meals? And these are the different types of options. Um, so I work with people who are carnivores, people who are vegans and also vegetarians um, as well.
0: That's, um, that's, that's great. I never thought about that, that protein would help you to digest slower. You know, I kind of do the trial and error thing where I noticed that, oh, when I eat this type of food, I seem to get hungry quicker than if I eat this and I seem to last and then I don't need a snack in the morning or you know but i I never thought about that um what's what's one way that you help your uh your clients with steering towards figuring out what type of physical activity is the best for them I mean because you know that's kind of a food thing that that's not a cookie cutter thing either when well, not everybody probably needs to try and lift heavy weights or um, I mean, do a lot of cardio or, you know, things like that. So how how do you store your, or guide your clients in to figure out, okay, let's figure out what's best for you to get moving.
1: Yeah. So most of the clients that come to me are cardi- what they would call cardio, right? They've done the running, they've done um, the treadmill, the elliptical, the stairmaster, they're really into the group classes, you know, get your sweat on. Orange theory, boot camp type of classes. And they come to me at a point where they realize that doing cardio has stopped getting them results. And they are devoting hours and hours a week to cardio. And so, one of the foundations in my program, and this is, I require this of all my clients, is get them into lift weighting, lift, weight, lifting weights, strength training. Like I think that's like vital. It is super important for metabolism, for strength, for bone health, for insurance against future weight gain, future fat, uh, fat gain. It is strength training. So aside from that, they have the option to do the activities that they like. So if I'm saying I have in my strength training program, I usually have them lift weights about three to four times a week. And the other couple days is active rest days. So a lot of my clients love to do yoga. I'm like, you know what, do you want to do yoga on your active rest days? go ahead, do yoga. If you want to go for a hike, you figure that out. So I kind of give them a list of activities to kind of choose from. So if they really enjoy running, it's not something I would completely cut out of their program. In fact, I don't even recommend it because it just makes it unenjoyable right so if you yeah. are doing something you're not familiar with lift weight uh lifting weights and you're just like this is weird and and then I, this is the only thing i'm going to do in this program then it's usually adherence rate kind of drops so i usually give them other options it's like hey you know okay this is your goal you want to lose weight and you want to lose body fat i'm like strength training is the number one way to do it but aside you can also do your other activities right? So you can do the running if you want to do the running, the hiking, you want to go do the yoga. So it's kind of in that sense for their activities, like choose your own adventure. Like what do you feel like doing today, right? As long as you kind of do some sort of active uh, recovery day, then it's like you, you get to pick, but my expectation of them is you're going to do your strength training. And then the other days you get to pick what activity you like to do.
0: My other activity, newest one is bike riding. I am like really into oh, yeah. so, uh, my friends teased me because I was like, guess what I just bought for my bike? And they're like, how much money have you spent on that thing? <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know, my, my new favorite thing.
1: Yeah. I heard, I've heard since the pandemic happened, there's been a, a supply chain shortage of bikes. Yes,
0: I bought <laughs> the fun. last women's bike. Was it last oh. year when I went to the store? I, they had one left and it just happened to be just right, you know, for my height and everything. That was really lucky because I thought, I I don't know where else to go to get a bike. Yeah,
1: there's a huge shortage going on right now.
0: (laughs) Uh, What's your favorite exercise? What do you like to do?
1: So I am more, I am definitely the strength training. Like I love to lift weights, but as far as kind of cardio is concerned, I like doing the quick and fast, like high intensity interval training. I either swing kettlebells, like I'll do like a kettlebell complex kind of activity or I'll hit the stairmaster. Like I don't, I don't like slogging through like 30 minutes of a slow, steady job. Like that just kind of drives me crazy. I'm like, dude, yeah. I just like hit it fast, hit it intense, and then move on with my day. So those are kind of like my two favorite types of activity outside of lifting.
0: <laughs> and we talked about the food a little bit, but what's your favorite, absolute favorite food that you like, you're like, mm-hmm. I cannot give this up.
1: Yeah. I am, my husband makes a mean marinara sauce. I am just like in love with him every time he makes (laughs) spaghetti. Like it is just like, wow. I'm just, I've always like, I'm like so happy when he makes, I'm like huge spaghetti fan.
0: (laughs) Well, sometimes I like to ask the, you know, what people that I'm interviewing, just, you know, let the listeners know that, Hey, you're human. You like things like that too. You don't just eat fruits and vegetables all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's why I'm a huge proponent. And it's like, you know, because people believe, oh, I have to lose weight. I'm going to have to suffer. I'm going to have to cut out all my foods. I'm like, no, you can improve your nutrition. You can get to your weight loss goals while eating your favorite food. I mean, because it's like, yes, you want to lose weight, but at the same time, you still have a life to live. You want to enjoy your life. You know, it's not torture, torture, torture on this weight loss plan. It's like, no, we want to also improve your quality of life. Like, you want to have a life while you're also trying to lose weight, right? So, that's why I do not believe in dieting and I believe in creating sustainable habits because they're flexible. And again, life may change, you may move, you may travel. And it's like, when, when are you can do when you travel, like you're going to cook in your Airbnb the whole yeah. time and not enjoy the cuisine. Like, it's unrealistic, right? So, it's like, it's a balance between, hey, yes, I want to lose weight, but I also want to enjoy what's out there. I want to, get up and have the zest for life and not be like, Oh my God, I gotta eat salad again. Like, no.
0: <laughs> no, I, I love your approach. Like you said, it's, it, it actually looks at your real life you know, that you're, you're, you know, you don't want to be the one that when your friends say, Hey, let's go out and get something to eat that you're like, Oh, well that's not on my plan. You know? And then and it's, and then yeah. you could still go with them, but if you're just sitting there staring at them eating, it's kind of awkward. Because <laughs> I've done that before too, you know. I can tell you some stories, but you know, everybody—I'm watching everybody eat their cake, and I'm just sitting there like, oh, you know, I'm very I can't unhappy. because the diet I'm on says you can't have cake. But um, and then like you said, I would go home and just eat everything in sight because I really wanted cake and I didn't eat it, so I should have just had the cake and gotten it over with. It's one of those things you just yeah. live and learn. Well, Candace, I want to yeah. thank you for being on the the podcast today. And uh, I think what you shared with us is going to be a big help to the listeners. Uh, Before we go, though, uh, can you tell them where they can find you websites, any books or anything or how they can get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, so right now on my website, I'm offering like a free guide, uh, three weight loss hacks that are just hacks that has been tested by hundreds of my clients that are not food or exercise related. Um, And you can find that on my website, my website is roads to strength.com. So R-H O D E S T O and the word strength.com. Um, I'm also kind of getting back into Instagram um, a little bit. I kind of took a break from it, but my handle name is at roads to strength. So r-h o D E S T O and then the word strength. And the the readers or the listeners can find me there.
0: Cool. Um, and then one more thing. Can you always like to ask that? You leave our listeners with a word, word of encouragement. What would you tell our, cust- our customers, <laughs> our listeners today <laughs> to to uh, encourage them on their journey?
1: Yeah, there is no such thing as failure. You know, you could go one diet to the next diet and it's never a failure. It's only a failure if you stop trying. As long as you're still alive and you're still breathing and you keep on going, there is no failure, so.
0: Well, thank you. And I think those are good words to to end the podcast with today. The information provided in this podcast is for informational purposes only. The views of any guest on the podcast are their own. The host of this podcast is not a medical doctor, nurse, or health professional. You should consult with your doctor, nurse, or health professional before you begin any weight loss or maintenance or exercise program.